You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and on iTunes. I thank each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show. It's good to be back. It's been about two weeks since the last show, so we've got four games to review and I guess four games to preview just to be on the safe side. So it's going to be a a three-segment show. third segment should be pretty short. Um, the reviews and all that, the weekly, or in this case, two weekly rewards, you know, the, uh, players of the, the player of that period, the Mike Madonna award, the James Shepard award, which is the negative side, of course. And yeah. And then we get into the previews in segment number two and check in with the Iowa wild and extremely brief fan interaction. And just basically telling you to get involved with the show would be greatly appreciated on the third segment. So there you go. Shall we have at the previews or excuse me, the reviews. Shall we jump in Minnesota wild off to a really, really, really nice start to the season with a three Oh and one record. So very fantastic. A lot of us very pleased for the most part. Last night's game, Ah, well, (laughs) a back-to-back going into L.A., yeah, they were a winless team, but to see the Wild uh, play as well as they did, to hang on as well as they did, not bad. One thing I'm a little bit worried about is, well, the amount of goals the Wild are giving up. Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about four goals against Colorado, two goals against St. Louis, okay, that's not too bad. And then oh, three goals against Arizona. Eh, that's a little scary. But luckily, Darcy Kemper. That's right, Darcy Kemper coming in in the fourth game in L.A. and playing well in L.A., which is, well, something he's been known to do the past couple of years here. So we really, really, really appreciate that. No one on the planet complaining there. Ultimately, where do we go from here? Well, hopefully we just keep doing what we've been doing. That's been a wonderful little trend to start things out for the Minnesota Wild, ultimately. So let's start off with the season opener. Let's just get on with it, for goodness sake, right? Thursday, October the 8th, Minnesota defeats the Colorado Avalanche 5-4. to And the way this game started, I don't think anybody saw the Wild defeating the Colorado Avalanche 5-4, to 6-5, to or anything. I don't think that anybody saw the Wild winning this game in any way, shape, or form. A lot of us thought this thing was going to be like 4 nothing, 4-1, 4-2 maybe, Oh, okay, cute. We got two goals out of it. Nice little comeback, but yeah, this thing did not start off well at all. Devin Dubnik, not the same guy. Just not the same guy, and a lot of us feared that the possibility did exist and persist with Devin Dubnik coming off the new contract. He wouldn't be quite as good, and nobody's really going to be quite as good as Devin Dubnik was last season unless they're, um, I don't know, Patrick Y in his prime when he was with Montreal, or... Uh, well, let's just leave the names alone. Ken Dryden, <laughs> Grant Fuhrer, guys like that. Oh, the greatest goalies ever. Devin Dubnik is a the, the type of goalie that can help the Minnesota Wild win a division championship, not just make the postseason, which Nicholas Backstrom helped the Wild do in the past with his uh, talent but inconsistent play and his limitations due to the fact he's been injured so many times in his career and the fact he's never been good in the shootout. 
he'll have a decent shootout here and there, and that's about it. And you'll also notice a trend that a certain player has outplayed everybody, and it's the same guy that outplayed everybody most of last season outside of Devin Dubnik. And that guy is Zach Parisi. <laughs> no doubt about it. But before we can even talk about Zach Parisi, let's talk about Devin Dubnik in that first period. Boy, oh boy. Uh, the Wild getting penalties early. Colorado Avalanche capitalizing on their power plays. Jerome McGinley and Eric Johnson. Oh, that one was frustrating as he let the shot go. Of course, the former Gover, Eric Johnson, former St. Louis Blue, number one pick overall, putting the puck on net like, like you like to do on the power play. I mean, obviously you like to do that anyway, but sometimes the defenseman lets go and you hope to get a rebound, especially with the man advantage and well, there was no rebound necessary. The puck went past Devin Dubnik. Eric Johnson was able to finish on that one. And Gabriel landis Cog, yeah, the captain, the young, immature, over-aggressive captain of the Colorado Avalanche, getting his first goal along with, again, Eric Johnson and Jerome McGinley, who's been a wild killer forever. Nathan McKinnon with two assists in that first period, starting out his uh, third season already, starting out his third campaign uh, very, very nicely, at least at that point. <laughs> Minnesota Wild. Head into the second period. Look like they're trying to take things, uh, take control of things a little bit. Play play a little bit better. Thank God, right? A little bit better. Just a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, huh? <laughs> well, they outshot the Colorado Avalanche 11-7, to so they certainly had more control of the puck in the second period, and they were trying, they were trying as they might to get back in the game. They're still within reach, and you get the feeling, hey, we still got this, man, we still got this. Zach Parisi scoring his first goal of the year in that famed for top line of Mikhail Granlin and Jason Pominville. They looked great the entire night, without a doubt. And then just two minutes later, in fact, less than two minutes, only about a minute and ten seconds later, John Mitchell, mm, John Mitchell from Eric Johnson, mm. Boy, oh boy, scoring right away again. Devin Dubnik just not keeping the puck, not keeping the puck out of the net. I mean, wondering what is going on with Devin Dubnik. Four goals allowed in less than half of a game. I mean, how many times did you see this last year? My, my goodness. I mean, it's one thing he's not the same guy quite as last year, but geez, I mean, you weren't kidding when you said he's not the same guy. Mm. Things looked awfully bleak for us here in Minnesota. Even though this game was in Colorado, it took forever for the damn game to start because it's national television. <laughs> four to one game, and it stayed four to one, and it stayed four to one. Oh, the rest of the second period was only eight minutes into the second, so twelve minutes remaining in the second period, grinded out. The Wild couldn't finish, and <laughs> the first five minutes of the third period, it just looked like this thing is over. We're going to run out of time before you know it. And then Zach Parise nets his second goal of the game. This was after <clears throat> the Wild had an opportunity of some sort. Landis Glog <laughs> levels Zach Parisi, upends the guy, and Parisi just simply gets up and scores a goal. He just stuck with the play, got the puck, and finished, the, finished it <laughs> from Matt Dumba and Jason Pominville getting his second assist. Dumba, his first, looked fantastic in this game, did Dumba, and he's looked fantastic most of the way. Some defensive lapses here and there, but boy, Matt Dumba looks fantastic. My goodness, and everyone's very excited about that. One one slightly disappointing thing is Tyler Groyovac, who did look good early on, didn't look good the rest of the way. He looked good in the first period, and after that, not so much when everyone else was shining. And then he, uh, and, and now he has an injured groin, so that's unfortunate. He's going to be out for maybe two weeks or so. That's disappointing, so the lineup's shuffling a bit. Uh, Charlie Coyle going back to center off of the wing. Unfortunately, he was a uh, winger on the third line. An occasional winger on on other lines as well during different switches. <clears throat> Coyle really, really shining pretty much throughout this entire week as well. Week, two weeks, or whatever it was. <laughs> but yeah, Parisi, again, sticking with the play and scoring. And then the Wild just continue their attack, their relentless assault on... <laughs> Mr. Uh, why am I for yeah, <laughs> Mr. Varlamov? It's like I know the name and it's blanking. I do apologize, Varlamov, keeping the puck on net and the Wild just continue to attack and then Nito Niederreiter scores and it's like okay, uh, I guess we are in this game now, four to three. When it was four to two, you figure okay, we're within reach, but eh, you know, watch Colorado score again or something. But the Wild just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it, and then you saw a look from. <laughs> 
Well, actually, this was after Thomas Vanek's goal. Thomas Vanek then, just two minutes later again, he scores. It's a tie game. The Wild just continue their relentless attack. Granlin with his second assist. Coyle with his first. A kind of a, a mix of a, of the top line and the third line, I suppose. These guys look pretty good together. Kind of like the chemistry. And, of course, with injury to Tyler Royovac, sometimes it's going to happen. And that's what that's what did happen in this situation because... Well, with a guy injured, the guy that was scratched for the game was unavailable, like the Jordan Schraders or whoever else you're going to put in the lineup to uh, temporarily re- temporarily replace the Grayovac battery. <laughs> but Vanek, looking good in this one, looked, looked like really showing off his skill a bit here. And, well, he was with the talented guy, so he didn't have to complain too much about that, which he was in the offseason, saying he needs to be with talented players in order to in order to score goals and not have to be the playmaker. And it's like, that's nice to know. Thank you very much. I'm sure you were with talented players most of last year, weren't you, Thomas? I mean, was he just playing with uh, Warren Peters? And uh, and uh, what, what was his name? Like, uh, Tory Mitchell, was that who he was playing with most of last year? Or, okay, you get the idea. Thomas Vanek kind of talking out of his ass. Hmm. But again, that's old news. Thomas Vanek, see, that's the one thing... And this happened last year, too. He didn't score all that often, but it seemed like whenever he did, it was at a huge moment. And that's what I liked. That's what I appreciated about Thomas Vanek more than maybe others, it's, uh, despite the fact he looks like he's sleeping half the time out there. But so far this year, not as bad. And that's a good sign. Hopefully he continues. It does appear that Thomas Vanek will be will will have a better season than he did last year because for the most part, he was quite disappointing most of last season, again, looking sleepy the whole time. Tying the game up, though, just two minutes after Niederreiter <laughs> putting his rocket past Varlamov. And then you saw Mr. Patrick Waugh kind of just squinting. And he kept his, his he just kept blinking his eyes, blinking his eyes like he had something in his eye. And it just seemed like it continued. And you could just tell it was like a nervous twitch, like, why the hell can't I beat this stupid team? <laughs> Patrick Waugh cannot beat the Wild. And yes, there was one game last year where the Colorado Avalanche took the wild, just took it to the Wild, and that was the final matchup between the two. And I had a feeling that that was going to happen because once in a while they're just going to say, "Believe this, we are going to tear you apart. Don't, don't even, don't you dare get overconfident with us." But yeah, after Thomas Vanek scored his goal, it was just a minute later. I mean, the momentum was all on the Wild, and the Colorado Avalanche were shell shocked along with Varlamov and his. <laughs> His 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 Masta, his his uh, Jedi Knight uh, leader, so to speak. Pfft, yeah, right. Patrick Waugh. They were basically all shell shocked, and Zach Creasy winds up with a hat trick, his first hat trick with the Minnesota Wild, and to do it in in the season opener doesn't get better than this. Puts the Wild up five to four with only ten minutes left. <laughs> That's right, five to four. I mean, unbelievable! What a what a wonderful way to start a season. Five to four. The Wild just put the clamps on. Colorado tried what they could, couldn't get anything past Dubnik at the end there, and that's what people were saying. That yes, Dubnik did stink <laughs> early on in the game, the first half or so of the game, but he made some key saves late, and the Wild's defense put the clamps on those Colorado Avalanche, even though it was disappointing early. It was very disappointing. The Wild just kind of came out. Nobody knew really, really what their deal was. Like, they were sleeping practically out there the first few minutes, and Colorado took advantage. But ultimately, the Wild are definitely in the heads of this franchise. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to be on the right side of one of these. Unlike the Anaheim Ducks and LA Kings, which I just... mm, Well, we'll be talking about them uh, a little bit later on. Both of them, unfortunately. But luckily, we haven't played Anaheim yet. Funny how both of them are off to a terrible start, but... Oh, boy. Mm, I don't even want to think about California in the wild. But, yeah, 1-0 start. A lot of us just in stunned silence, but a happy stunned silence. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, so happy. So wonderful. Hat trick for Zach Parisi. The wild finished things off, even though Colorado did have a little bit of a fury late. Wow. I mean, <laughs> it looked like we were going to start off a, a very promising season looking like absolute dog dookie out there. And we wind up winning the game. I mean, can you imagine the emotional swing for the Colorado Avalanche and how their fan base feels after they're felt after that game? Mm, I don't know if I really want that. So, that was kind of a long a long review, but it was definitely the most emotional game of this entire uh, show. So, we can 
get on with the other three games here. Saturday, October the 10th, the Wild defeat the St. Louis Blues 3-2. The Wild carry the momentum very positively into Excel Energy Center. The only home game for the Minnesota Wild during this four-game stretch. And it was a sellout crowd, absolutely, with people standing. With 19,096 people in there. This, the arena holds about 18,000-something. So pretty cool to see the, uh, the Wild's playoff foes of last year come to town and well that's how the NHL wants to do it and that's how most leagues like to do it they like to have an intriguing matchup and there you go you had you had Zach Parise get a multi-goal night against the Colorado Avalanche and you saw Charlie Coyle get his first assist in that one well he got two goals against the St. Louis Blues and just unbelievable unassisted late in that first period he stole the puck away just stole it and finished right away all by himself one goal with only eight seconds, <laughs> or yeah, he scored the goal, made, put the Wild up one nothing with only eight seconds remaining in the first period. Alexander Steen answered just two minutes into the third period, or about three minutes or so in. Vladimir Tarasenko, Paul Stansney, that top line of St. Louis still looks as good as always. A fantastic group, and it's like, ah, great. Well, it was nice, it was nice while it lasted that the Wild took the lead, but here come the St. Louis Blues. Are they going to have our number once again? I sure freaking hope not. <laughs> but luckily that wasn't the case. As the Wilds slowly started to take take a little bit more control of the game, luckily. Even though St. Louis did get the, the lead in shots on goal, Devin Dubnik, this was definitely his best game of, uh, of this two-week stretch, without a doubt. And he stopped, <laughs> he stopped 11 of 12 shots in that second period, and that kept the Wild, well, ultimately in the lead. Zach Parisi with his fourth goal of the year on the power play as the wild power play looks different. And of course it's going to look different when Ryan Suter's minutes aren't quite as much as they used to be. He's not leading the league in minutes anymore. And that's fantastic. And then when you also have Mikhail Granlund out there on the power play, which you didn't have before. Granlund is third assist of the season already. Parisi already is fourth goal of the season. Just wow. Unbelievable what a season Zach Parisi is off. What a start he's... He's, he's off uh, on already. Just fantastic. And just a couple seconds later, Charlie Coyle netting a beauty from Thomas Vanek and Ryan Suter. Just a couple seconds later, fantastic 3-1 to one lead for the Minnesota Wild before you saw the ultra-talented Vladimir Tarasenko net one and keep the game close, but Evan Dubnik stopping everything that came his way the rest of the game. And wow, absolutely fantastic. The St. Louis Blues outshot the Wild 13-1 in the third period, but Devin Dubnik made all those stops, and they were some of them were absolutely downright scary. But he got the job done, and the Wild defeat their playoff foes in Exhale Energy Center 3-2. And isn't this, isn't this special to see the tides turning a bit with these two teams? Because, see, you look at it now. Well, we beat them in the playoffs last year in six games, so, I mean, well... You'd think you'd think this is a game we should win. It's a home game and everything. But no, 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 no. The St. Louis Blues used to walk over the Minnesota Wild every single time the two teams even skated up, even laced them up in Minnesota or in St. Louis. It didn't even matter. And when the Wild beat St. Louis, it was news, folks. And it's not like it never happened. It's not like the St. Louis Blues were on like some 20-game win streak against the Wild. It wasn't quite that bad. But five, but four out of five times or so, the St. Louis Blues walked all over this team. Maybe it was a close game or something, but they still kicked our butts ultimately. They beat us pretty soundly, and you never really got the vibe we were going to win the game. <laughs> I mean, whenever the Blues would need to score, they would get it done. I mean, sometimes you had those two-to-one losses to St. Louis, and it's like, but at the end of the day, what's the final score? Two-to-one. And we'd have zero points. It wouldn't be a shootout. The Wild would get snuffed every at every opportunity. And, and St. Louis would just bully the Wild and do what they do. But now it seems like the tides have definitely turned between these two teams because the Wild's skill has gotten so good, <laughs> which is just an awesome feeling, that the Blues can go ahead and throw everything they want at us, including the Steve Otts of the world, which I think is it's nice to have him on the Blues for the rivalry, but that's it. <laughs> just for a little bit of physicality. Otherwise, he's not necessarily the type of player you'd consider good for hockey in this uh, in this day and age. But... I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's okay to have an enforcer, even though his skill level is minimal, like the uh, the Zenitinopkas of the world, guys like that. 
uh, whatever. It's nice to have uh, the more talented guys like the Parisis who are still physical. Coyle is still physical. And w- this is the kind of game you'd think a Charlie Coyle would stand out. And he did. He was definitely the number one star of this game, unless you want to say Devin Dubnik was. And if you want to say Devin Dubnik was the number one star of the game, I ain't mad at you. Ultimately, Charlie Coyle was the number one star, Dubnik number two, and Vladimir, bad Vlad Tarasenko, with one goal and one assist, and his skills look freaking awesome. And to me, obviously, there's no doubt about it why he wears number 91, because he's, well, i got to think he idolized Sergei Fedorov, without a doubt, the former Detroit Red Wing, among other teams later in his illustrious career in the NHL. So there you go. Just a wonderful win for the Wild. You beat two teams that we beat in the playoffs the past two years. Looks like we have Colorado's number for the most part. And you hope that's can, that's going to continue for a while and that the tides don't change anytime soon and that the chi- tides ultimately have changed with the St. Louis Blues since some point last year when the Wild actually started to beat them. And a lot of us were like, Huh, I, you know, I got a feeling we could beat this team in the playoffs. Even though you'd think for the longest time, there's no way we're beating the Blues. We'd probably lose five, uh, four games to one or something. Ultimately, ended up being Wild in six, and we all know that already. And the NHL. Well, unfortunately, we had a four-game wait, and that would have been a great time to record this show, wouldn't it? It would have been wonderful to record it Sunday night or something, but I didn't do it. Damn it. I just didn't do it. Especially, But I, but I also, but I did do the Timberwolves, Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, season preview, NBA preview and such. So Timberwolves Explosion is available on iTunes. For those of you that are uh, interested to hear uh, a different show I do, along with Purple Mafia. But you figure, no Purple Mafia. I should have done both of these shows, especially to keep this one caught up. But unfortunately, I didn't. So let's try to keep moving here. (laughs) I haven't really abbreviated these games too much, but there's a lot of emotion in pretty much all of them. L.A., not so much scoring. But uh, yeah, the NHL is kind of flip-flopping right now, and it's kind of weird. But it's the season. But it's the first week or so of the season, so it's like, <laughs> so the bad teams that are doing better shouldn't get too excited, and the good teams that are doing bad shouldn't get too pissed off yet. Even though there is talk about, uh, well, the coach could be in trouble in, in all Anaheim, but so we'll see how things turn out there tomorrow, Sunday, October the eighteenth. I keep thinking today's the eighteenth, but it's actually the seventeenth. Ahem, Thursday, October the fifteenth, the Minnesota Wild head to Phoenix, Arizona, who are doing downright fantastic. And this is Devin Dubnik visiting the city of Phoenix for the first time since he became a member of the Wild and was traded away from the vaunted Phoenix Coyotes. Those uniforms look just like ours, don't they? <laughs> At least the new, the semi-new, well, yeah, they're, they're new. The uh, changed uh, jerseys of the Phoenix Coyotes look just like the Wild's red jerseys, though I'd say they're a little bit better. <clears throat> yeah, because I'm kind of tired of the Wild's jerseys. They're, they're home reds. I'd like them to be changed. Like would they, I would like if they looked maybe similar to their white ones, which I think are just freaking awesome. I love the Wilds white jersey. That's their best one by a mile, in my humble opinion. The Coyotes were uh, undefeated. The Wild were undefeated. Two 3-0 and teams. Something's got to give. Who's going to win this one? Well, the Wild were 2-0, and pardon me, because of the freaking time off. But um, ultimately, the Wilds start this game off great. And fantastic, we were kind of the Colorado Avalanche to the Phoenix Coyotes. Zach Parisi finishing on another power play as the Wilds power play continues to look unbelievable out there. Nice puck movement, guys in uh, better positions, Not, not certainly not as stale as it was before. Really, really happy with it. And, of course, different players out there. And, of course, you know, how you can, can get uh, yeah, uh, Randland out there more often and even Dumba sometimes. But they, it's usually like at the last second, which isn't good enough, damn it. <laughs> but Parisi netting a power play goal midway through that first period, his fifth of the season. Five power plays already. Unbelievable. And just a minute later, Parisi, his second, or excuse me, Vanek, his second goal of the season. And ultimately, Justin Fontaine is now uh, back in the Wilds lineup, coming off the injured reserve already because they put uh, Mr. Grayevac on the injured reserve temporarily for the time being while that groin heals or lower body injury. But yeah, Fontaine is back. I thought he was going to be out a little longer with that Charlie Hart situation, uh, the oblique injury, but uh, he's back. And um, that's really nice to know. He assisted on the Font- on the uh, excuse me the uh, Vanek goal. So there's your third line for the time being as things are set up that way. <laughs> Vanek and uh, Fontaine 
along with Chuck Charlie Coyle for the time being at center. Um, as we went into the uh, second period, Miko Koivu with a shorthanded goal, and that was a nifty a, a backhand play. The classic uh, Koivu backhand, <laughs> his first goal of the season, and Koivu is starting to stand out a bit in, the, in these couple nights against Phoenix and against L.A. Koivu definitely stepping up a bit here. Really was happy to see that short-headed goal as the Wild did get a little bit of a break there, and Koivu finished it, ultimately from Zucker with his speed, and Scandella, obviously, the lead pass up to Zucker on that one. And then things started to turn a bit, a little bit. Anthony Duclair, who's got four goals. I barely even know who that is, and he's already got four goals on the season. Unbelievable. Phoenix Coyotes just looking really, really good. And I keep calling them Phoenix. Arizona Coyotes. Pardon me. They're Arizona now. <laughs> Arizona Coyotes looking absolutely fantastic. Again, uh, making that comeback. Granlin did get his first goal of the season uh, in <laughs> just a couple seconds after Anthony Duclair. But then just a few minutes later, Max Domi netting his power play goal. As This was a problem during the night. As the Wild were shorthanded quite a bit. Quite a bit throughout this game, and they could have easily lost this one. Luckily, the, the, the Arizona Coyotes only got one power were only able to convert one power play in the entire game. Uh, very lucky there, ultimately. As Arizona was on the power play eight times in the game, I don't know why it's saying zero for Arizona, because they did convert one. <laughs> Max Domi converted. So a one of eight for the Phoenix or Arizona Coyotes, pardon me. Scary to think, though, that the Wild were shorthanded that long, and that's a big part of why Arizona did make the comeback. <clears throat> Michael Stone got his first uh, goal of the season really late. That one just kind of rolled past Kemper. That was that made it 4-3. to three. Made, a, made us a little bit nervous as the Coyotes were making a run there, and the Wild continued to be shorthanded along the way. Um, Coyotes weren't finishing on those, but they certainly were dominating the puck pretty much the second half of the game. It's not even Dubnik as much as the defense wasn't getting the puck out of the zone, and the Wild were not were not staying out of the penalty box. I mean, it was just one after another after another, and Arizona was getting penalties early on, and the Wild were getting penalties later on, which was really, 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 really frustrating. It just kept going on and on, back and forth. <coughs> Excuse me. Nate Prosser, Matt Dumba, Ryan Carter, one thing after another. Uh, Jonas Brodeen. Nito Nita Rider, the too many men on the ice. It's just one thing after another. But luckily, when Max Domi got a hooking penalty drawn by Jared Spurgeon with about two minutes left, the Wild were able to, were able to well, force the Coyotes into a 5-on-5 five five versus a 6-on-6 six six when they pulled their goalie to try to go after the Wild. And luckily, Minnesota comes out the victors 4-3, to 3-0 three. Three and record, 6 out of 6 points for the Minnesota Wild to start off the season. The better team won this one, but barely. And, boy, it was close. And the scary part is you have a back-to-back, you're heading to Los Angeles, California. Don't have to travel super far, being you're already in Phoenix, Arizona, so not super-duper far, but back-to-back nonetheless. I mean, easier said than done, and it's the LA Kings who had not won a game, and they played awfully desperate the whole night. The Kings, though, it seemed like they were on the power play the whole frickin' night again. The Wild looked awfully sloppy early on, especially with the fact that they were awfully tired. <laughs> but then the Kings... <laughs> excuse me, the Wild started to just uh, started to play extremely aggressive, and they stayed in the game the whole night, which was a definitely wonderful feeling, according to Mike Yo in the, in the uh, endgame press conference. Ultimately, the Kings really did dominate the puck in that first period <laughs> with 16 shots on goal to the Wild's five. Kings absolutely, like I was saying, starting extremely strong in this one and, well, awfully desperate as well. 16 shots on goal in the second period. I mean, it's like you look up at the screen and it's like 32 shots on goal. It's only two periods into the game and the 32 shots on goal. And by the way, like I was saying, uh, Darcy Kemper was in net for the uh, for this one and he was fantastic. I mean, look at all the shots he had to stop. High, low, off to the side, off to the left, making diving stops, stick saves, glove saves, whatever it was. He was stopping everything in sight. He's the Darcy Kemper that made us believe he's the number one goalie of the future for the Minnesota Wild. 
And it doesn't surprise me at all that this is happening the way it's happening. <laughs> Devin Dubin gets the big contract, and he's not quite as good. And then Darcy Kemper's had some time to kind of relax and kind of get his head back together. And the fact that, not, that the pressure isn't on him right now, he's looking just fine. So this is actually a wonderful, wonderful situation. Not that Darcy Kemper should take over as the starting goalie, but the fact you have a extremely reliable young backup goalie who is also a very long guy like Devin Dubnik. A guy who knows how to use his length to stop the puck at very important times, especially particularly in shootouts and such, at least in his young age. If he gets, hopefully they both stay away from the injury bug and they don't break down like uh, Mr. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom did over the course of his career, the third string goalie. <laughs> Yeah, third-string goalie, Nicholas Backstrom. That's fantastic. (laughs) But no, Darcy Kemper kept the Wild in this game. The defense was what it was, and the Wild were giving up penalties constantly, and it just made me mad. Like, uh, okay, it wasn't that many. Maybe I should relax a little bit, but, oh, it was enough. The LA Kings had four power plays in the game, and, well, they netted uh, at least one of them, and it was early on. Or, excuse me, yeah, it was early on in the second period. It was a very... uh, grinded out first period for the Wild, but then again, the Kings just were peppering Darcy Kemper the entire first period. The Wild really couldn't muster a whole lot. Five shots on goal, sure, feeble as they were. Maybe one breakaway or so here and there, but ultimately, the... Boy, ultimately, the fact that Darcy Kemper kept the Wild in the game against a team that's extremely talented and has won two Stanley Cups and is always dangerous in the postseason... You know, Western Conference champion type team at minimum. Yeah, that type of team. You know, or Western Conference finals type of team, we'll say. Just peppering the hell out of your young goalie. Fantastic the way he kept us in the game. And in a lot of ways, the Wild easily, easily could have won this game. Especially when Amiko Koivu, early in the third period, netted his second goal in two nights. This one on the power play instead of on the... uh, uh, on, the, on the penalty kill. So Miko Cuevo still showing some value on the power play, but let's not get uh, too crazy thinking that Cuevo should be like uh, the only, you know, should, <laughs> that Cuevo should be on the power play constantly. But then again, they're, they've been playing Cuevo with Mikhail Granlin and Parisi with Suter uh, very often on that power play. So it's an interesting group of guys out there, interesting combination. Sometimes you see, uh, Bro, well, usually you'd see a Brodeen out there with Suter, or, uh, 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 uh what, what am I saying, Jared Spurgeon with Suter as well, so you see different combinations, this and that, I'd say oftentimes it's been Brodeen, but it changes here and there, it is what it is, the power play's different than the natural regular lines and defensive pairings and such, so Ryan Suter already with five assists with the Wilds offense being as, uh, well, fantastic as it's been, it's interesting, though, how this game was a complete change in both categories for the Minnesota Wild, giving up too many goals in the first three games, but scoring a lot of goals in the first three games. The Wild only wind up with one goal because Jonathan Quick was fantastic, and he's one of the best goalies in the world. Isn't that the most wonderful thing ever? And also the fact the Wild only got a couple shots on goal the first two periods until they finally mustered double digits in the third, with ten to the Kings' only four. Kemper stopping what he needed to for the most part, and ultimately the game going to overtime, the first ever three-on-three game in overtime, well, at least when there weren't penalties, per se. <laughs> I think we saw it a little bit last year when both teams were, uh, were on, uh, both teams had penalties. Not necessarily the Kings, but you get the idea, whoever the Wilds opponent was. Um, man, oh man, but only two minutes and 19 seconds in. You kind of had a bad feeling about this one. The Wild had, a, had an opportunity or two in that overtime period, but you got the feeling the Kings were going to come out of this one with the win, and it, it pissed me off. They blocked some shots from the Kings every time they tried to do something, and they were, they were grinding it out, trying to keep the puck in the zone. Oftentimes the Wild would be on the power play, but the Kings were clearing the puck out, or the Wild just weren't getting shots on net. They were getting tied up and such. But then you saw Anzi Kopitar, one of the best players on the Kings, and two-time Stanley Cup champ. Ah. <sighs> We were hoping and praying that he went offside on the play as he was kind of skating around the blue line, tiptoeing around it along with his, his line mates as they're skating down that, down into the wild zone. Uh, he ultimately drove to the net after making a kind of a move that had everybody kind of wondering what's going on a little teeny tiny bit. They were hoping there was going to be a whistle for a uh, 
offsides call, but ultimately, well, it wasn't meant to be. And Kobotar flipped the puck past uh, Darcy Kemper, and the Kings won. The Wild come out of this one after Kemper getting peppered beyond belief. They come out of it with one point, so the Wild have, have acquired a point in the standings in all four games, which is fantastic. Seven out of eight points, a nice way to start the season. That's a good thing. It's, it's a shame we lost this one, but you're not going to win them all. You, you just kind of came out of the game saying you're not going to win them all. I mean, it, it just is what it is. <laughs> it, it just simply is what it is. But you come out encouraged, like Mike Yo said. This is definitely not Mr. Homer talking, because I'm quick to criticize when need be. But the way this team started, you know what? A, you're not going to win them all. There's no way you're going to win every game in hockey, without a doubt. B, it's Los Angeles, and they're desperate. Not saying we owed it to them at all, in any in any way. But also the fact that um, there it was a back-to-back and, and, and all that. And the fact that we were able to survive and still escape with a point. I mean, that's not bad. Hey. Pretty awesome start to the first four games of the season, particularly when it looked like there was no way in hell the Wild were going to come out with a point against the Colorado Avalanche, the way that one was going. So, very cool. Seven out of eight points. Doesn't get much better than that. You play like that the rest of the year, this team will be off the freaking charts. It'll be the greatest team ever. So, you won't see that. (laughs) You won't see it continue quite at this pace, but hopefully the Wild can get some five to six, uh, six per uh, eight, eight, eight points more frequently than not throughout this season so we can get our 100 points and 110 points and home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. Sounds good, doesn't it? So let's get to the weekly, or in this case, the <laughs> whatever the word is, every two weeks, bi-monthly awards, whatever you want to call it. The Mike Madonna Award for this stretch, this stretch since the last show, episode 107, is without a doubt Zach Parisi. Honorable mention to Darcy Kemper for the one game, the one game against LA, but that's just an honorable mention. That's not meaning he's up for it, really. Charlie Coyle has been fantastic. He's another honorable mention. So you could kind of say they're, in a sort of a way, the three stars so far for this stretch. The the uh, James Shepard Award is going to go basically for the lack of discipline at times for this team, not only for the penalties. And like the 7 million penalties we had in that uh, Arizona game. But also defensively. It seems like the Wild aren't... It seems like there are times they're caught not paying attention. And they're either giving up goals or almost giving up goals. And it's a miracle that Kemper or Dubnik stop the puck in certain situations. When the puck is just kind of rolling towards the net and they're not clearing it out of there. Some, you know, an opponent can come flying in and slide it right past. Jam that puck in there when Kemper... Or Doomnigger out of position for whatever reason. The puck's bouncing away. You know you know how that works. The the bouncing rebounds. Clear the puck out of there if humanly possible. So that'll be the James Shepard's Award for this particular episode. End of a semi-elongated segment number two, uh, number one. Let's head on to segment number two and do some previews right after this. shop on Amazon? Did you know that you can support this podcast just by doing your normal shopping on Amazon? It's really easy to do. Just go to thesportstuff.com and click on one of the many Amazon pictures. Do your normal shopping and Amazon sees that we referred you and they give us a percentage. We'd like to thank you in advance for supporting thesportstuff.com and please use our Amazon link. Now enjoy the rest of the show. here on Brave the Wild. Segment number two, the preview segment is upon us. Four games to preview. I was partially thinking of doing just three, but I'll do four just in case 
the uh, Minnesota Wild and Winnipeg Jets face off before I do episode number 109. So you could guess which episode number this is. <laughs> Sunday, October the 18th, the Minnesota Wild head to Anaheim, California to, pay, to play the Anaheim Ducks. Not the Mighty Ducks, just the Ducks, I guess. Isn't that exciting? It's fantastic. Yeah, I just love it. If we could get this thing over. And, yes, sir, you got Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson in that. You got Lindholm in defense. Ryan Getzloff, Kessler, all these familiar names. Fowler on defense. Yeah, he's fall, all right. <laughs> Cogliano. Cogliano, pardon me. Chris Perry. Silver. Silver. Silverberg. Yep. <laughs> and Chris Stewart on that third line. Chris Stewart's a third liner on this team. But then again, I guess he kind of sort of is a third liner. Uh, Clayton Stoner, day-to-day as of October 13th, which means he'll probably be back in time for the Minnesota Wild, I'm guessing. No votes on Yahoo on who's going to win this uh, game. That's kind of funny. Usually you see votes, hmm, especially by now. It's only tomorrow, 6.30 tomorrow. so Or today, whenever you're listening, you get the idea. Sunday the 18th. Wild head to Anaheim, California. They are 0-3-1 at the start off the season. They have been really struggling. And I mean, the Anaheim Ducks have been struggling. Like, I mean, royally struggling. What can you say? Are the Wild going to win this game? I hope so. Uh, They've scored one goal in three games so far. They opened the season October the 12th against the Vancouver Canucks. All these games are at home, too. Can you imagine opening your season with four games at home? And can you imagine the first three games you play, hopefully... Four games you play. <laughs> wink, wink. Hopefully Doobie gets a shutout. But uh, <laughs> yeah, the first three games, you score one goal. Let's keep the trend. Let's hope this is a trend and not a mirage. That would be great. I picked the Anaheim Ducks to win the Stanley Cup. And do you think I want the Ducks to win the Stanley Cup? That word would remind with... Uh, blah, blah, blah. You, can rem- you can rhyme the word with an F word and the Ducks. If you know what I mean. Obviously you do. Uh, bleep no. That if I, you think I want the Ducks to win the Stanley Cup. It's just the fact that they're a really good team, but I guess the pressure's on, and they're starting off really poorly. But how many teams have you seen start off poorly, and they come back and start kicking some butt? Or teams that start off just wonderful, like us, every single freaking year. And then December comes, and it's like... That. Yeah, it's like that. You're like, really? Really? We've won like one out of eight, and... And, like, the Columbus Blue Jackets just beat us 4-1 to one at home on New Year's Eve. Like, really? Really? I mean, did we show up to play or were we just pissed off because we're working on New Year's Eve? And you know what? I hate working on New Year's Eve, especially if it's at a, any type of job in public. I hated it so much. I just wanted to kill myself, practically. But with that said, not my concern at this point in time. <laughs> I don't know what to make of this one. As of right now, I, I don't know. I mean... I'd like to see this trend continue, but I doubt it. I mean, I just doubt it. How about the Wild? How about this? Let's let's be positive. Let's see the Ducks and Wild skate to a 2-2 tie after three periods. Ducks and Wild skate to a 2-2 tie after three periods. And the Wild win it in overtime or a shootout with Devin Dubnik in that. Devin Dubnik will most likely be back in that. I mean, maybe you go with Kemper again. But uh, I'd, I think Dubnik's going to have a very, very good game against the Anaheim Ducks. And if Kemper's in there, well, I think he will too. <laughs> you get the idea, though. I think Dubnik's going to rebound from a couple of uh, struggle-type games. I see this one to be like a St. Louis type of situation. But the Anaheim Ducks will get a point. They will get their second point of the season. The Wild win 3-2 to two via shootout or via um, uh, overtime win. Most likely a shootout because it seems like we almost never score in overtime. And that kind of sucks. And it... And it and it just kind of hurts my feelings. It makes me want to cry and get depressed. You know? It just kind of does. Minnesota hosts the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yes, sir. Thursday, October 22nd. So another super-duper, uber-long break. And then we play like three games in four nights. Okay. That's cute. Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, and five. Will this continue? My goodness. Are the Wild going to get like... Are the Wild going to start off the season... Like 5-0-1? I mean, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't like the way we've played Columbus historically. But it's uh, the Wilder at home in this case. 
Uh, you have some nice players on the Columbus Blue Jackets, including Brandon Saad, who's, uh, I don't know, I guess it's not off to a really good start at this point in time. Not sure what to make of this one. It's kind of a mess. What's up with this team? <laughs> Can the Wild continue this? Or is this just, uh, I, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I really don't know what to say. You even have Savard on defense. You have all these big names. Jack Johnson on defense. He's been always a pretty good player. He used to be with the LA Kings in the past. Mm, I mean, I guess the Wild are going to win this game. I mean, let's just, I, I want to check and see how Brendan Saad is doing so far. Ultimately, uh, he's got four points in three games. I mean, that's not bad. Three goals and, uh, in five games, pardon me. They've already played five games, three goals and one assist. I shouldn't be too surprised because now he's on the top line and he's one of the main weapons on that team rather than being kind of sort of like part of the team but not really like a main cog. Columbus has not been a very good team and I'm glad that that uh, they traded that the Blackhawks traded Brandon side of the Eastern Conference. I'm going to go with the Wild win in this one. Um, not sure what to make. I... I, I it's just, it's like, do, can I feel safe picking the Wild to win every game? I mean, I guess I can because the Columbus Blue Jackets give up like a thousand goals every night. Ottawa scored seven goals against them. Toronto scored six goals against them just yesterday. I mean, on Friday night, six to three for the um, Columbus Blue Jackets. Unbelievable. I mean, what what is up with this team? What is up with this team? They're down three nothing right now against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And... and uh, <laughs> Wow, I mean, what a mess. So, the Wilds' offense should, should take care of business, ultimately, against this team. I mean, even back in the preseason, they've been struggling. But then again, actually, that's not true. The preseason, they played very well for a while. But then, yep, they gave up five goals against Colorado. They lost 4-2 to two to the Buffalo Sabres. 4-2 to two to the Buffalo Sabres. Mm. Oof. 6-3 to three against the Toronto Maple Leafs in Columbus, Ohio. Okay, uh, Wild are going to win the game. Hopefully the Columbus gets their first victory of the season against the New York Islanders uh, on, on Tuesday night. So I'll pick the Wild to win this one. 4-2, to two, regardless of who's in net. I think Dubnik will be in net for this one, most likely, especially with all that break. You'll, you'll see Dubnik back. Maybe you'll see Kemper tomorrow against the Anaheim Ducks. Minnesota will win 4-2 to two in a fairly solid game. Might even be 5-2, to two, but I'll go with 4 because I don't trust the Wilds' offense to just rack up like 5-6 goals. I'm not that brash to come out and say that, even though I think their offense is better than it's been. 4-2 to two, Minnesota in a solid, wonderful little night for the Wild that you never really get the vibe they're going to lose the game. Oh, goody. The Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets uh, come to Minnesota. Or no, excuse me. We had to do Winnipeg after the Wild finally have a couple home games. Winnipeg, 4-1. and one. That's right, 4-1. and one. To start off the season, this is the first of five meetings with this arch-rival, potential arch-rival of the Minnesota Wild. A very, very annoying, chippy team. Winnipeg Jets, we uh, host them Tuesday, November the 10th. So, Little while from now, not too far. About, uh, hmm, hmm. about, because uh, this is already Sunday the twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah, this is Sunday the twenty fifth. I'm getting all confused here, and I do apologize. I feel like I skipped somebody. Huh? Oh yeah, we we play the Anaheim Ducks again Saturday the twenty fourth. That's why. Um, I'll do the yeah. I'm all mixed up here, and I do apologize. Anaheim Ducks come to Minnesota. I'll do this one first. Because I didn't get really far into the Winnipeg one anyway. Uh, This one, gosh. uh, The Minnesota Wild host the Anaheim Ducks in XL Energy Center. It's funny when you play the same team in the same stretch here, but I can't pick the Wild to win both of them. There's just no way. So I'm going to go with Anaheim 3-2, to 3-1 to one in this one. I think the Ducks have a solid victory right there. Might even have to switch it up with tomorrow. But ultimately, I'll go with the Ducks win 3-2 to two in regulation. So the Wild gets zero points against the Anaheim Ducks. I think they'll be getting in stride after getting their first point. They'll kind of pick up some momentum and keep things moving in the right direction. That, that, that's how I see it right now. There's no way the Wild are going to wind up with four points against the Anaheim Ducks. I say they wind up with two. And it would be nice to at least get to 
out of those two games. So there you go. Winnipeg Jets come to town. They're looking really good. Unfortunately, they're actually leading the division over the Minnesota Wild right now because they have four regulation wins despite the fact they have a regulation loss, which is something the Wild do not have. Again, strained groin to this point for Tyler Grayback. That's, yeah, hopefully he comes back sooner than later there. He probably won't be back for this one, but maybe during the next week. Hopefully things start heading in the right direction. Winnipeg Jets. Oh, the hated Jets. Mm, I hate this team so much. They're only lost so far to the New York Islanders in a 4-2 to uh, loss. In a, It's not Rexall Center anymore, or whatever it is. Or it's not, uh, what do they call that place? Whatever it is over there and whatever it used to be over there, <laughs> ultimately. Um, the old building they played in for many years and won the cup and all that good stuff. Boy, oh boy, um, Winnipeg off to an amazing start to the season, beating Boston 6-2, to the, the New Jersey Devils 3-1, to again losing to New York, beating the Rangers 4-1. to Wow, that's impressive. That's got to be their most impressive win of the year, without a doubt. On the road in Madison Square Garden, that's pretty damn good. Wow. Um, and now, of course, the New York Islanders are playing more in New Jersey instead of in the old building over there. That's unfortunate. Winnipeg Jets defeating the Calgary Flames at home yesterday. 3-1. to one. Very good defense in Anaheim, or excuse me, in Winnipeg, and that's not surprising at all with Pavlich and Nett. A very good goalie indeed. A very good team. Unfortunately, this is in Winnipeg, and I think the... Uh, I hope the Wild get a point out of this one. That's basically where I'm standing with this. I hope the Wild wind up with a point, basically. Uh, uh, this is not the kind of game the Wild win, I don't think. Unfortunately, right now, um, the Jets will not win this division. I'm going to stand by that at this point in time. But I think they're going to win this game. Unfortunately, I'm going to go with the Winnipeg Jets 3-1 to in, 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 over in Winnipeg at this point in time. Unfortunately, 3-1 to at the airport. <laughs> we, could, we could just call that a nickname, I guess, a goofy nickname. I don't know how funny that is to anybody out there. It just It just is what it is. But a 3-1 to victory for the Winnipeg Jets. It won't be very funny at all. It'll be frustrating. They'll be cursing at the TV. There'll be penalties. There'll be fights. There'll be chippiness. They'll be grinded out. And Winnipeg will win the freaking game. They look damn good right now. And they will be in the playoffs. Without a doubt. With that, let's take a break and wrap up this show with segment number three. back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number three, we're going to check up on the Iowa Wild and very, very, very briefly do a teeny bit of fan interaction, I guess we can say. A very abbreviated version of it and just kind of give you the information for it. Not very active right now and that's unfortunate. We'll get things moving a bit more. We'd like to see your comments on there. Those of you out there that did comment just last season (laughs) and during the summer on occasion, please uh, do get on there and do comment some more. But real quick though, to do an, uh, as I checked during the break, it's like I knew this. It's just I was blanking. And I do apologize. And this happens quite a bit on live radio. So don't don't get too mad at me. Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum is where the New York Islanders used to play. And I knew that. It's just I was blanking. And I do deeply apologize. One other stupid note that I got to admit is that, of course, the New York Islanders did not move to New Jersey. That was what they were talking about. But what confused me is how the New Jersey Nets moved to Brooklyn, to the Brooklyn Nets to play in the Barclays Center, Barclays Center. And, yeah, like I knew already, the New York Islanders moved to Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. So they're like the Brooklyn Islanders, basically, without changing their name. I like New York Islanders a hell of a lot more. So just wanted to clear that up, and I'm kind of embarrassed about that. And I knew it. Just want to be honest about it and give you that right here, right now. So it happens frequently when people do podcasts or live radio, or whatever it is. It just is what it is. <laughs> so, Iowa Wild. They're off to an okay start, I guess you could say. I mean, it's okay. What are they? One, yeah, one, two, and one so far, starting off the season in four games. Oh, goody. Aren't you glad that, that they're doing a little better? Well, they're doing somewhat better. Um, well, Mike Riley's got two points in four games. I'm not too mad about that. 
ultimately. I don't know why it's showing that. There we go. Pardon me. Uh, Brady Brassart is leading the way so far. He's the only guy with three points in the first two games, two goals and one assist. He's a right winger. But yeah, Jordan Schrader in only three games because he was uh, up with Minnesota to start off the season. Two points, one goal, one assist. I wouldn't be surprised to see him leading the way down there. Michael Karanen doing well down there so far. Two points, also goal and assist. Mike Riley, like I said, one goal, one assist. So don't be surprised to see Mike Riley continue to emerge down there in Iowa. Not that it's too far down from here. He'll be like possibly like Grayovac was last year where he kind of continued to develop down there and then was ready to go to the National Hockey League the next season. Or maybe midway through the year, Mike Riley will take over depending on what happens. But the situation now is the Wilds' defense is very deep. And why would you want to have him in a Nate Prosser type of role when he could be developing, getting more used to the professional level down in the AHL? Because it's a step up from the NHL. I mean, how many guys that come from college hockey and gone to the AHL and not played not played so high for a while? It's happened. And eventually they develop and become nice players. Ultimately, only a couple of guys have been scoring. <laughs> all, the way, all the way down to Gustav Olsson and Zach Mitchell. Those are the, it's only, what is it, eight guys have scored, and seven of them have two out of uh, two points in four games. So that's nice. It's been a little bit of an offensive flurry for those guys. The rest of the way, though, nothing going right there, including Brett Ballmer, who's got his share of penalty minutes, nine to be exact. <laughs> um, four games, no points. Jared Knight, four games, no points. Mm. Oh, Jared Knight. I'd like to see him develop into something, considering we... Uh, well, we gave up a 28th pick, basically, um, in Zach Phillips, the guy who we took the 28th pick with. And we gave up on him because he'd not been doing well at all. And you're hoping maybe we can get lucky and fleece the Boston Bruins, per se, in their system. But number six, Jared Knight, the left winger for the Iowa Wild now. Nothing yet. We'll see. <laughs> Brett Suter also off to a disappointing start in uh, in Iowa. He's a minus three. Mm-mm. Mm, and that's it. He's just a minus three. So right now he's kind of like the worst player <laughs> on the team. We'll see how he develops. So only a couple of games right there. Obviously, he's not down there for development. He's more of like an insurance for injuries and such. But I thought he was a decent fourth-line player at the NHL level. But I don't know. He's one of those guys. Like, we signed him, but Mike Yo doesn't like him, I guess. Something about him, he just doesn't like him if it's his effort or what it is. Disappointing on that front. So let's wrap things up here. Facebook account. Simply look up Brave the Wild Minnesota Wild Show on Facebook. Click on the one that says company, not group, in case there's one that is a group still on there. Click on the one that says company, click like, and please comment. Get involved on there. It'd be really, 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 really appreciated. For Twitter, at Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild. And right now, I only have one response. I mean, I wasn't as active as I would have liked. and That's part of the problem, along with the Facebook group. Shane Palmquist, it's at Shane Palmquist, so it says Palmer for his uh, handle, per se, on Twitter, and he says, welcome back, so thank you very, very much. I know he listened last year, and we interacted off and on during games here and there, as I tweet during games, or I I like to anyway. I didn't last night, unfortunately, and the last couple nights, not so much either. Mm, The Colorado game, I tweeted a lot that night and got a lot of favorites and retweets, but not a whole lot of uh, talking interaction, unfortunately. But thank you very much, Shane. Really appreciate you. And let's interact during those games. Don't uh, feel free to tweet me anytime during the games or even not during the games to talk about Minnesota Wild Hockey. And we can talk talk on air as well. <laughs> well, uh, at least this way for now. There's one other way to get on the show as well. It's through the phone lines, which is a voicemail 209 736 7877. 209 736 7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. And then do your statement, shout-out, comment, whatever it is. It's welcome on Brave the Wild as long as it's related to Brave the Wild. That would be terrific. (laughs) NHL-related, Minnesota Wild-related. And try to keep it to a minute or less. It would be deeply appreciated. Basically, something I need to do as uh, as much as you need to do. Just get to the point and uh, get uh, basically get to your point, make your statement, and um, there you go. That's basically the whole thing. I don't mean to be too strict about it now. I mean, if it's a really good take, the one that needs to go on for two minutes, I can live with that. I'm not too mad. But if it's just kind of going on and on and on and on about God knows what, like the color of somebody's jersey, I don't know. I mean, eh, 
you know, it's just one of those things. Nothing personal. So, <laughs> with that, I want to thank all of you very much. And again, I can't really complain either. I need some callers on this show. Can't really complain once I get one. So, <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, again, thank you very much for listening to this show. And if you do enjoy it, please do give a nice positive rating on iTunes. It would be greatly appreciated. Interact with me on Twitter. Interact with me on Facebook. Tell me what you think. Maybe you want something to be improved or you want to add some little segment or whatever to the show or, you know, like hint of a segment to the show, you could call it. It would be greatly appreciated. I want to thank all of you again for being a part of this. Do tell a friend about the show if you could. It only helped this show grow and improve. So thank you again. We're going to be back next week. Hopefully the Wild continue to play at the trend that they've been at. I was awfully positive this week in my previews. I, It's like, I don't know where to go. It's such a small sample size for everybody so far. Uh, is Columbus really that bad? And is Minnesota really this good? Is Anaheim on a snide? Can I really trust the fact that the Wild are going to beat Anaheim twice? Uh, I can't trust that just yet. I would love to, but not yet. So with that, we'll talk about the Anaheim games next week. Hopefully it is positive and not negative. Mm-hmm.